0: talk clarity. I'm your host, Coach Clarity. I'm on a journey to educate millions of our listeners worldwide and provide tools and resources while we discuss the current events happening in our communities. I'll bring you experts in mental health, law enforcement, medical community business, and life stories. My mission is to talk about these issues in our communities, what's not working or maybe what is working. Let's empower ourselves through knowledge, tools, and resources life experiences and find ways to bridge these gaps. Hello and welcome to Talk Clarity. I'm your host, Coach Clarity. We're very excited to welcome back to our show our very special guest, Haley the Therapist. Haley, we would love to hear more about what you've been doing and what you're trying to create if you'd just like to tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I am a licensed mental health therapist, um, trauma therapist, and also a life coach. I coach executive females in business, um, in their life. And I specialize a lot in trauma. I specialize in disabilities. I specialize in addictions. And so, yeah, it's so good to be here. Thank you so much.
0: We're so happy to have you back. Yeah. Today, I want to get into a talk, a topic where we're diving into behaviors. Um, both positive and negative behaviors. Uh, toxic behaviors what does that look like? healthy behaviors what does that look like? Um, even uh, dabbing into narcissistic and borderline behaviors how to identify these how to identify these in others how to identify these in ourselves and how to create um, a healthy version of ourselves and find healthy in the relationships around us and just create a healthy, a um, healthy non-toxic environment as we're mm. stepping into I would say the new story of us that we're trying to create.
1: Right, which can be very difficult with individuals with trauma because like you grew up in one environment and now we're asking you to create a whole new environment and you're like ah what does that look like?
0: <laughs> well that has got to be really intimidating and really scary and most of the world as we discussed in the last series that we did has been through some form of trauma.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, look at the news and <laughs> you, know, you can't turn it on without some sort of traumatic story going on. And you're absorbing that.
0: Well, and even with COVID and this pandemic, the last two years mm-hmm. that, that we've faced. Um, so everybody's experienced trauma. Yep. Threat of war right now. Mm-hmm. And, and as you, Um, Stated in in the last series that you did, you've got, we've got a lot of unplugged individuals running around that have things plugged in the wrong places. So we've got a lot of behaviors that we need to address. And we, I would love for you just to start diving into some of this, um, kind of give an overview of this. I want to get into um, reactive abuse. And Mm. I really want to dive into that pretty heavy as well as, the grooming stage, what that looks like. I'd like to get into what manipulation looks like and how to identify it. Uh, Because oftentimes we don't see the picture and the reality of when we're being uh, manipulated, when we're being groomed. Um, The reactive abuse, we don't understand what's happening until hindsight later. Um, The mask, helping our listeners understand the different faces of the mask codependency you know it's interesting most people don't realize that they're in a codependent relationship they don't even understand what codependency is I had an right. interesting conversation with a friend of mine recently and she was talking about this this boy that she'd been seeing and I'm like that's that's codependency mm-hmm. and so we mm-hmm. kind of dived into that and it just blew me away and I started to understand that we don't even understand what codependency is we don't understand really what trauma bonds is we think that it's love when we're really most, the majority, I wouldn't say the majority of people, but many people get stuck in these codependent trauma bond relationships. What is reactive abuse? What does that look like? Um, Characters, I want you to get into the characters with us. Character flaws, how to build your character. Um, And we'll get into what this looks like in relationships with parents and, and with our spouses and, and when we're dating and just toxic behaviors in general what's healthy versus unhealthy let's start off and take a look at um what is uh if you could if you could dive into what the stages of grooming looks like in a brand new dating relationship
1: yeah okay so grooming stages um typically revolve well when we say grooming we typically talk about a narcissist right Um, but I think toxic relationships in general can look like this Um, but there's there's four different phases of a toxic relationship and the first phase is the love bombing phase and this is kind of like where they say they get really clingy their their attention is on you and they're They're texting you constantly, they're unlimited compliments of oh, you look so gorgeous today, or like you look great, or I love that bag, you know. Um, and then they they might give you gifts. They'll they'll know your love language and they'll speak it to you directly. And that's why this love bombing phase is so heightened and it's so exciting. And that is the high. That's the high that we get. And the more Exciting it is, the higher we get, and that's the huge dopamine rush. And so we get addicted to it, and it's all an addiction. And then comes the next phase, which is the devalue phase. So once they give you the dose of emotional heroin, they take it away. And they do that, so you get addicted to them. So the devaluation phase includes things like um, these these backdoor, uh, you know, compliments, but they, they are not actual compliments. They're more like a dig, like passive aggressive insults. They become controlling. They start to have um, complaints about your behavior. Oh my goodness, you didn't do the dishes again. Like any woman who stayed home and blah, 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 blah would do the dishes and blah, blah, blah. You know, we've all heard that. Um, And then they basically put you down and they do that. So that way you get confused and you're like, wait, where's my high? Why can't, why can't I I get this? And then they discard you. That's the third phase. They discard you by cheating on you. Um, They break up with you. They block you on social media. They completely just, okay, bye. I'm done with you. Um, And then stage four is the hover phase. And I love that they say upper because that's exactly what that feels <laughs> like. It feels like there's stalkers all over the place. Um but they come back, they come back into your life by any type of means, you know, by email communication, they'll they'll Go through a third party. They'll go through through your family. They'll go like make a Google number. They'll put an AirTag on your car. Like they will find you. And once they find you, they unblock you. They send you a message. They reestablish the contact, and then the love bombing phase happens. And they give you a shot of that emotional heroin. Then you are sitting there, and you're like, oh, I'm in the same cycle, but you're addicted right now. And no one ever wakes up and says, "You know, I want to be addicted <laughs> to toxic relationships. I want to be addicted to heroin today." No one says that. Everybody hates it when they're in that that stage of that cycle of of abuse is what it is. Either we abuse ourselves or we get abused by people. Does it exist?
0: China. Does it exist in only narcissistic um, personality disorder people? You know, individuals. In, i can't even talk individuals that you're dating or does it also exist in i would say the quote-unquote normal people that have toxic behaviors that they've picked up over a lifetime
1: does it exist in both or everything is on a spectrum okay intensity scale right and i think that we all have some narcissistic traits within us um we have to it's survival and No, it could definitely not just be narcissists. It can, I mean, even a borderline. Borderlines will react and they'll get loud and then they'll start harming until somebody listens because they're gonna get somebody to listen. Same as narcissists, right? These cluster B personality disorders, but even if it's not a cluster B, if you just have mild anxiety and depression or some sort of trauma response, you're going to have a reaction that's going to be a little bit more intense than the status quo of what is "quote unquote" normal.
0: And can you uh, remind our listeners, or maybe they haven't listened to the first series, what a cluster B is? Cluster B
1: is so we go off a di- diagnostic manual, the DSM five. Um, they're currently working on a on a new version, but until we get that, hopefully they have more trauma diagnoses. Um, but it's the diagnostic manual that we use to come up with a an actual official diagnosis and it's a list of symptoms for each of these. So cluster Bs are the personality disorders and personality disorders are bred from trauma. Okay.
0: Wow. That's heavy. Bred from trauma. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive into codependency. What is codependency? What is it? look like, how to identify it when you're um, in the beginning stages of it, and how to identify a codependent person in a, I would say, a potential partner.
1: Mm. Okay, so I have my own opinions on this. I've been doing this therapy stuff for a long time, and I feel like codependent relationships are toxic. It's toxicity within you. And why I say that is because a codependent's pain is the same as a narcissist's pain. as the same as, you know, these cluster B personalities. Not saying that it's a personality disorder, but like to be codependent. But what I'm saying is that we often have an abandonment wound. And if we have an abandonment wound, well, so does the narcissist. So does the borderline, you know. So does DID sometimes.
0: Um, What about an empath?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And pass their bread from trauma. Okay. We know pain. We know pain. And I think that's why we can find, you put a narcissist in a room, and I use the term narcissist, but you just put a, a toxic person in a room with a codependent, they'll find each other within seconds because they're trauma bonded to the same pain. You recognize that same pain within that person, except for you as a codependent, and me, like I'm definitely, I've been there. Um, me as a codependent, we as a codependent, we typically develop these behaviors of people pleasing and we have to you know, be perfect and we have to just mold to them. We don't develop an identity and that pain becomes great to the point where we cling and we latch on to their pain, which is the same.
0: Wow. That's just, I, I'm sorry, I have to, I'm absorbing that right now, that just hit me really hard. Um, how do we identify in the beginning um, when we're dating? How do we identify how not to be codependent how to, or how do we, how to create, how do we create behaviors I guess is what I'm asking. So we're not codependent. So we're not getting back into another toxic environment.
1: And this comes down to knowing you. We're codependents because we don't want to focus on ourselves. We want to focus on others. We avoid our pain in the same way that the toxic person avoids their pain. And knowing what it is you need and how to provide that need for you that's where the healing starts as you develop your own identity and detach from the person that you have connected to in that trauma bond. The problem with that is that we oftentimes find that, or believe that our identity is not worth anything. We don't, we're not deserving. We're not good enough. And, um, you know, insert lie, big lie here. And, once we figure out the truth of, yeah, like we do deserve everything, the world, whatever we dream to be, to be possible,